This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, this is Robert Hooks, and you are listening to TV Confidential, and keep doing it. Ed Robertson, along with our guest, Walter Koenig. Walter Koenig, the actor known around the world as Alfred Besser on Babylon 5, and Mr. Chekhov on both the original Star Trek and the first seven Star Trek motion pictures. Walter's memoir, Beaming Up and Getting Off, Life Before and Beyond Star Trek, is a delightfully candid, often poignant, and very insightful read that walks you through his growing up years as the son of Russian immigrants in 1940s Manhattan, his formative years as an actor with the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York City, his lifelong love for the theater, and his deep appreciation for the many opportunities that Star Trek continues to give him. Beaming Up and Getting Off by Walter Koenig is available in hardcover and as an ebook through Jacobs Brown Media Group, as well as Amazon.com and wherever books are sold online. Before we went to break, we were talking about some of Walter's experiences writing for television in the 1970s and early 1980s as we pick up the conversation. Do you write for television? Uh, no, I just talk to people like you who write for television. Uh, uh. But I, I, do, I do have some insight as to how the industry works because I've, I have a couple of friends who are working screenwriters. And so uh. Uh, the rights to the story for The Incredible Hulk that you talked about in our first segment reverted to you. And, you know, being an enterprising person that I know you are, you could take it to somebody else or you can adapt it and you can publish it in some other form. That's true. That's true. And I I may have done that once or twice along the way. I I can't really call offhand. But I was was done with it. You know, it left a bitter taste in my mouth and I didn't want to, uh, you know, I went on to the next thing uh, and just let it go. But it, it finally, you know, it was one of about three experiences I had writing, in which, in each case, by the way, I was paid for the work, mm-hmm. uh, even though the, in the other two stories, for other uh, networks, they were produced, and my name was on as writer, but I really, really contributed almost nothing to the final draft that they, that they used, and, 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 and I confronted at least one of them, not belligerently, but I just confr- I saw him on the street at 20th Century Fox, and I asked him, why, why did you use so little of my story when you seemed so positive about what I was doing? And I was listening to the guy, and I was having trouble following him until I finally realized it was all... <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have a good reason. Yeah. He just wanted to write his own story. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> in the industry as well. But that's that's a subject for another conversation. Walter Koenig is on the line with us. Walter Koenig, the actor known around the world as Chekhov on the original Star Trek and the first seven Star Trek movies and Alfred Bester on Babylon 5. Beaming Up and Getting Off is the story of Walter's life and career before, during, and after Star Trek. 
beaming up and getting off, available through our friends at Jacobs Brown Media Group as well as Amazon.com, wherever fine books are. So can we talk a little longer? Absolutely. Wow, you're really great. I mean, really, you, you know, you... Well, first of all, Thank you. And not that I'm in the same company as Larry King, but uh, one thing I learned from watching Larry King and reading, you know, some of Larry King's books is when I started doing this, the important thing is it's not about you. It's about the person you're talking to. Yeah. They're the star. The reason people are going to listen to this interview is because of Walter Koenig. Okay. <laughs> You know, I'm 84, and, and my heyday is, is deep into the past, so I, when I'm in public, I suspect that anybody under 50 won't know who I was or yeah. am. Yeah, but my core audience, my core audience is 45 and up, so, oh, you know. Oh, oh, good. You're a rock star. Okay. <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's a phrase, I don't know whether it originates with the Scotch or whether it originates with the Irish, but it goes something like, if it's for you, it will not move past you. And in a way, that kind of encapsulates how you got the role of Bester on Babylon 5. That was great. I had a wonderful time playing Bester. I have no, I have nothing that I regret there for sure. And, and, you know, they, they treated me very well. J. Michael Straczynski was the, was the writer, producer of the series, and he wrote almost, and this is not hyperbole, he wrote almost every single episode, which is really amazing. When you go four years, or actually, I think, four years of Babylon 5, and then, oh, no, it was five years, five years of Babylon 5. Uh, and then, you, you know, and he, and he, carried the burden for, for the writing in at least 90 to 93% of the time. In any case, he, 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 uh, we knew each other, uh, uh, not, uh, we were not great pals, but we knew each other through Harlan Ellison, uh, a very, very well recognized and uh, a very extremely good writer, a science fiction writer during the, the seven, 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And perhaps even the 50s. In any case, so I, I got to meet him through Harlan, and he came, I mean, he, nobody else was hiring me to play a part that wasn't Chekhov, mm-hmm. you know, in disguise. And he brought me in to play a, a character that was totally different and, and recurred. I, I was on a, episodes in each of, each of the five years the show was on. So um, I have, an, like Joe D'Augusta, he's... One of those people that I, I name has been uh, really... Um, he was an angel. He was one of your angels. Yeah, he was, yeah. And uh, I, 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 uh, I'm just so grateful to him. And, and he has a most ex- 
extra- you should get him on if you haven't. He has the most extraordinary autobiography. And I think it's called Becoming Superman. And it is, and, I, and again, I'm not exaggerating. His life is really, really amazing. I mean, there is tragedy and horror and humor, and it's told in a very, uh, very uh, readable, entertaining way. Um, so, and it's, this came out last year. Okay, well, I will look him up. And one thing I learned in from reading Beaming Up and Getting Off is that he's also he also has radio in his blood. So that's uh, uh, that that gets my attention as well. But go, going back to if it's for you, it will not move past you. Uh, Joe originally presented, he, he wanted you to be part of Babylon 5. And you were unable to do it at the time because you were recuperating from a heart attack, but he didn't forget you. No. He did not. That was amazing. I mean, he was literally, uh, my wife was the first person I called, and Joe Straczynski was the second person. And um, we were already set for me to do an episode. I didn't know what it was. Well, maybe I did know what it was about. Yeah, I think I did. In any case, I I called him and said, I am not, when are you going to shoot this? And he said, you know, like three or four weeks. And I said, I'm not going to be available. I'm recovering from a heart attack. I think we left it at that, and then I got a call back saying, I'm pushing the episode back so you'll be ready to do it. You'll be, you'll be healthy enough to do it. And I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing, that, that, that kind of loyalty. And we weren't that close. I had never gone out and had a beer with him or anything. Um, but I thought, wow, people like that are spectacular, and uh, you should embrace the the opportunity to get to know them. And then I got the, the other shoe dropping experience, which I, it's a refrain that I use throughout um, the book, is uh, that don't count on things the way they appear all the, all the time. Because he was forced to shoot that episode before I was ready. Yeah. They ran out of stories. So, and he called me and he explained it and he was sorry. And I said, I understand, and I, you know, there's nothing you can do. Well, evidently there was something he could do. Yeah. He wrote me another character, which was even better. Which is even better, and was and became recurring, which the other one was was going to be a one shot. Yeah. So I mean, who does that? I mean, I I suppose if you got a a friend that you grew up with and you both went into the business together and you and you saved his life when he fell asleep at the wheel or something. I don't know. Uh, then there's a sense of indebtedness. But he didn't have any, he had no reason to feel that he had, he had no obligation to uh, look out for something else for me. Although, and if I got the chronology wrong, Walter, you correct me, but if I remember correctly, you and he had established a history prior to Babylon 5 because you were on his radio show here in LA in either the late 70s or the early 80s and so and you had worked together in a couple of stage adaptations of Twilight Zone of of the Twilight Zone so you had a history so he knew who you were as an actor and as a person and he knew what you could bring to a part well it's you you're you're mostly right um he and I and did indeed my wife and I Judy Levitt 
we did a radio recreation of a Twilight Zone that he had, the 80s version, I think it mm -hmm. was, of Twilight Zone that he had written that didn't make it to, the, to television. Mm -hmm. So it was a two-character thing, and we, we read it on his show. For some reason, after it was over, I sort of dismissed it from my mind. It, I didn't think of it as, as something that um, would ever play a, a role in my life or that, that he would feel some sense of uh, indebtedness or obligation to try to get me something else. I, I thought, well, it was what it was. We, we got to do a script, and that was the fun, you know. Mm -hmm. It was the fun of doing it because I'm an actor, and that's, and that's what I do, as, as was my wife, as is my wife. Um, so that part is right. The Twilight Zones that I directed didn't have anything to do with him. It had to do with uh, another guy, I guess, who knew Rod Serling before he passed away and got the right to produce uh, stage uh, adaptations of some of his shows back from the early days, the Twilight Zones from the early days. And one, one of them was the, the Monsters Come Out on Maple Street, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was one of them. Yeah, and that one was really good for, good for an adaptation to the, the stage. And the other one was a very tough one. Uh, I, I, you know, I was, I was making the choice on which ones I would direct. And it was one that takes place in an airplane. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're setting up an airplane on a soundstage without any, you know, sets or anything and having to deal with two dinosaurs uh, or two creatures that were that were part of another show that was playing it alternatively mm -hmm. with the, the shows that I was directing uh, that had nothing to do with what I was directing uh, that was a that was a it was a bit of a challenge but yeah it was, that was also and we did those as, as late night shows mm -hmm. you know midnight shows and we got a great turnout for that it was it was fun doing and the takeaway here, and this is something we talk about a lot on our program, Walter, it works for people who write for television, it works for people who act in television or any or, or, or for any form. It's about building relationships. You know, you may audition for a director or a casting director for Babylon 5, and you may not get that part, but there's something about, there may be Chances are there may be something about the way you presented yourself that you make an impression, and they say, "Okay, uh, let's 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 call Walter Koenig. I got something that I think is even better for him." You know, I mean that that happens a lot, and again, that goes back to the rapport that you had with between you and Joe Straczynski. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. I wish I had been more personal, <laughs> and more people had done, you know, had remembered. <laughs> Uh, a few did, a few did. Joe Pevney, who was a director, television director. Yes. Um, he he directed the Hitchcock, and that I did mm -hmm. opposite James Caan, and he was one of uh, three or four people. Joe D'Agosta, Joe Pevney, and Gene Roddenberry, all of all of whom for which I had for whom I had worked on other shows that were instrumental in my becoming a part of the. Star Trek series, so yeah, that does happen, and 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 one should be uh, very grateful without kissing ass. <laughs> <laughs>
for people who remember you. Absolutely, absolutely. Walter Koenig is on the line with us. Walter Koenig, the actor known around the world as Alfred Bester on Babylon 5 and Pavel Chekhov on the original Star Trek and the first seven Star Trek motion pictures. Walter will be back next week for part two of our conversation. We'll talk specifically about the Star Trek movies and why Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, has always connected with moviegoers beyond the core Star Trek audience. We'll also ask a question or two about William Shatner. Plus, we'll talk about how playing Alfred Bester on Babylon 5 in many respects brought Walter's career full circle. That's part two of our conversation with Walter Koenig coming up next week on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Walter's memoir, Beaming Up and Getting Off Life Before and Beyond, Star Trek, available in hardcover and as an ebook through Jacobs Brown Media Group. You can also find it at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. In the meantime, and speaking of William Shatner, when we come back, we will talk to the director of a brand new movie called Senior Moment that stars William Shatner, Gene Smart, and Christopher Lloyd. All that and more when we come back on TV Confidential. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-917-2194. 800-917-2194. That's 800-917-2194. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.